2: post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today this is the sports radio 610 outdoor show with captain mickey eastman captain mickey has been guiding the texas gulf coast waters for over 30 years and has won numerous national and local tournaments now here's your host captain mickey
1: Good morning. Welcome to the Sports Radio Six Ten Outdoor Show on this Saturday morning. I'm Captain Mickey Eastman producing the outdoor show. This morning is Jace and our sponsors today, the Belleville Meat Market, Boyd's One Stop, Texan Roofing and Mainstream Marketing. All right, looking at weather Galveston right now, down on the island, it's sixty degrees this morning. A little breezy, got a east-northeast wind this morning, but uh, today they're calling for a mix of clouds and sun, uh, slight chance of a rain shower. With a high of 64, east-northeast winds 15 to 25. And then for tonight, cloudy with light rain developing after midnight with a low of 59. East-northeast winds 10 to 20. That rain chance tonight is 70%. And then for tomorrow, rain showers early with increasing winds and cloudy skies later in the day. High of 64, north winds 20 to 30 miles per hour. And that rain chance, 70%. Looks like it's going to be... I don't think it'll be any heavy rain, but just that light rain like we received the last couple of fronts. Depending on where you're at, so that's where we're at. North winds 20 to 30 tomorrow, though, so pretty good little rip snorter blowing in here. Looking at tides for today, these are Galveston Channel Tide predictions. We have four of them. We're sitting on a high right now. It's a 1.3. We have a low coming up at 823 a.m. It's a negative 0.2 and then a high at 4.16 p.m. of 1.7, and then a low tonight at 9.58 p.m. It's a 1.2. 6.51 a.m. is sunrise, 5.21 p.m. is sunset, and our moon phase is 91%. Current conditions right now. uh, Galveston Channel down there, it's about 60 degrees this morning with 66-degree water. East winds at 7 to 14, and at Eagle Point, It's 56 degrees with 59-degree water. East-northeast winds, 16 to 18. And at Morgan's Point, it's 54 degrees with uh, 60-degree water. East-northeast winds at 12 to 14. Barometric pressure at all stations is about 30.13 inches and steady. So that's kind of where we're at. Weather-wise this morning, another front rolling in tomorrow. That's what they're saying. So here we go again. All right, well, let's run over to Sabine Lake and let's check in with our good friend Captain Bill Watkins. See how he's doing. Good morning, Bill.
4: How are you today? I couldn't be better. How What's it up with you, man? Oh man, <clears throat> kind of got my neck tucked in. This uh, wind, golly. Kind of like a turtle but, this hey. morning.
1: Yeah, that's P- kind of how. You
4: head out like when it. you want. <laughs> We'll just slip it out there a little bit and then pull it back in real quick, yeah buddy but uh, I mean they're still catching fish over here, and, and until the water temperature drops so low that I mean right now it's if you can handle wind, you can catch fish right uh, they're still out there, and we have not had enough rain to upset anything no, <laughs> it's not a bit. fun it's almost enough to get you wet sometimes but if you have a light rain suit and plenty of clothes to wear you'd be fine there's plenty yeah. of fish to catch lots of good trout I'm, I'm seeing some Facebook postings of people catching trout everywhere red fish too they're catching a lot of bull reds seeing that seeing a lot of that but uh it's uh it's still good if anybody want to go I'll be available as soon as this wind slows down just a little right yes yeah, actually you could probably fish up in the northeast corner of the lake today around the Sabine River you probably catch lots of fish well uh... there's uh there's fish down south there's fish up north and there's fish all down the east side there's fish over on the uh, Texas side on the west side, uh, you catch it, uh, catch it, calm down enough against the north levee wall. There's trout running up and down there every day. So it's hey, uh, the salt, the salt effect, I call it. A good salty year like this, shoot, there's fish up both those rivers, all the way to Orange and all the way to Belmont. So it's uh Fishing, you know, you go catch some fish out of the wind, yeah. just about any day you want to. And I'm sure that there's some uh, drum gathering and redfish gathering over in the uh, Energy Outfall Canal. That uh, that area is probably going to be on right now, mm-hmm. and all the way through December and into January. There's some real nice redfish and drum. Up there at uh, in that energy canal, this time of, year, of course that's a warm water discharge. Right. It'll be four or five degrees warmer than the rest of the system. So if it's sixty three out in the lake, it'll be you know somewhere around sixty eight to seventy up there mm. at the powerhouse. And man, I mean that there's some real nice uh, oyster beds in there. And if you find those oyster beds, <laughs> I've caught trout I've caught trout in there and probably as salty as it is right now, there's trout schooling in there. Oh, I'm sure there is. Pretty cool place to fish. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's uh that's a great place to fish. So there's uh I mean, we've still got a few shrimp that haven't left. It's pretty amazing how good the fishing is right now. Well, That's good to hear. Hard to to know. Hard to know whether. Of course, we're on the new Louisiana trout limit now, so you keep a 13 inch, but not a 12 anymore. Mm -hmm. That's that gives them a you know another. They're moving in the right direction,
1: one inch at a time.
4: Yeah, one inch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) One inch at a time, baby.
4: That's <laughs> kind of a slow, slow business, but hey, at least we have lots and lots of fish. Yeah, that's a that's a good thing. No problem there, and uh, you can catch them on soft plastics of a variety of types. Uh, Little John, it doesn't matter a K, a K- Wiggler, a ball tail, a paddle tail. Uh, i got some friends that's throwing that new Matrix Shad. That seems to be a real good lure. I mean, but really, if, you, if you're if you going to go out there and throw a plastic, pick one. It'll <laughs> yeah, all work.
1: Uh, I, you know, it it is November, and fishing's supposed <laughs> to be good. Even when fishing's bad, it's supposed to be good in November. And, uh, oh yeah, and That's right. whatever you like to throw is what you need to fish with. Whatever you're good with,
4: throw it; it'll work. And I, I have yeah. There's it's hard bait time of year too. Um, yes, if you you catch the right day, a topwater will work, or a uh, a lele, or uh, you know a mirbain, just. You know, experiment with what what you're throwing just throw Mm -hmm. it. And uh, if you'll find a fish, you're going to catch them. That's just how it's going to work. And uh, I wouldn't be too concerned about colors because the water's pretty clear right now. Right. Uh, You can just throw basic white with sparkles or glow with yellowtail and work your way into it from there. Just to uh, have two or three colors laying on the deck and try, try this, try that. Uh, but if you're if you're throwing a basic white with sparkles, you'll find the fish with it, and that's that's a sure thing, because that's that's a good visibility color, and uh, they they won't turn it down. Mm. Now I have had some days of uh, clear with red sparkles and. Uh, stuff like that, you know, different colors of glitter, gold, silver, uh, those are working. And the sun gets up, that's, that really is the best colors to throw it's kind of a clear bait. And you uh, get some sparkle in there. And you'll catch anything that matches a shrimp. Oh, yeah. And basically anything that matches a little toge. You know, two-inch pogey, they're eating a lot of those, too. Yeah, there's plenty of food. The shrimp is what
1: they're they're keying on right now. Oh, yeah, they're proteining up on them shrimp, baby. It's uh, been a good shrimp crop this year. There's so many of them, many giving shrimp away.
4: Yeah, I've
1: noticed that. Cheap, very inexpensive. Yeah. If you got That's food, you got me. fish and healthy fish. I mean, all our fish over here, they're butterballs. I mean, they're just. Yeah. They're fat. Same fat. way over here, too. Not real long, but they sure are wide.
4: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, if I uh, if I was to catch a, one of those muscular six or seven pounders, I think I'd freak out. But uh, not yet. That's a rare
1: fish in our waters right now. You know, I've seen uh, fish this time of year, you know, when they're all fat and sassy like they are right now. I mean, you go to catching 23, 23 and a half inch fish can go, you know, five pounds or better. They're so fat. Yeah. And uh, I remember old Gary Wheeler one year in a uh, Trout Master Tournament. I believe that was in 96, somewhere in there. He had a uh, twenty-six-inch trout that went nine pounds, even. You talked about a freak.
4: <laughs> that was He's a chunky he the, trout.
1: Yeah, you won a big fish pot with that. Just a, you know, just a unusual fish. Twenty-six inches, weighing nine pounds, crazy. Man, that's
4: something, that huh? Fish is yeah. well fed. Yes, he was. I he caught, shoulders I on caught one one time that was, uh, it was twenty eight inches long. And he weighed eight and three quarters. Right. And uh, that that berry that. <laughs> I've never caught one twenty six inches long. Oh man.
1: It does that, happen. That it's a, it's, uh, it's a rarity, but. Uh... <clears throat> you know I, I know a guy that busted ten pounds one time with a uh twenty seven and a half inch fish. It was you wow know, it was man a stump that like cruel. that I mean just uh pretty trout man, stump all the way to their tail
4: you know that little
1: little pin head on it like you know a five or six pounder would have it just you know <laughs> a freak, yeah,
4: a freak. <laughs> You no, know, I had. A yeah, you know that thing that was, hasn't been swimming too much. He's yeah. just easing around, eating a fat girl. <laughs> yes,
1: man, a really man. nice one. Let me knock this break out, Bill, and I'll uh, come back and we'll talk some more. I may. We're having a little trouble with the system, so I may come right back at you after this break. So just hang okay. with me. I've just got one commercial here. All right. Well, I need to take a moment to tell everyone about the Belleville Meat Market, located right in downtown Belleville. Take the Sealy exit off I-10 or Hempstead off 290. Go downtown, look for the big white sign. Their meat market and processing facility are right next door to one another. And every week they have a featured sausage. Uh, You can try it before you buy it. Free samples are always available there in their meat market. And a full menu, of pecan smoked barbecue that's served Monday through Sundays, 10 a.m. to 7 p.m., And custom processing all year long on pigs and calves. You can have a a hind quarter or a half calf or what have you. You can have it processed any way you like in their wild game processing. Try some Vinnie dogs or hog dogs this year, and uh, you can bring something home your entire family can enjoy all year long. They're open Monday through Saturday, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., Sundays, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m., and they're celebrating over 42 years serving the greater Houston community That's the Belleville Meat Market for meat.
2: In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Is our middle name. All right, Bill. Are you there?
4: Yes, sir.
1: All right. I'm here. I told you that would be quick. <laughs> well, that was quick. <laughs> That'll All
4: give right, us more that, time that to so talk. More- how about That's that? right. Well, did you uh, do a hunt on Thanksgiving Day? or No,
1: I did not. I, uh, I uh, spent time at home and did some cooking and uh, watched some football and just, hey, had a quite relaxing day. Enjoyed it. It was nice. Yeah, yeah
4: we had family over. We've got so many families that they can't all get here at the same time. No, nah, it's hard it to get everybody, everybody together. It is, but we had we still had ten here. Yeah. And, uh, my my son-in-law donated a twenty-five uh, pound turkey to the cause uh, goodness, that he had a in bird. his freezer, and let me tell you something. I've been able to. I've got a meat pan that I can put darn near anything and I can put a whole big brisket or a sixteen pound turkey. Well, I can actually spatchcock the bird and flip it out, you know, bone side mm. down, and and get it in the pan without any trouble. Well, it took two pans to cook that twenty-five pound turkey, and okay. I had to butcher the thing to get it in <laughs> anything I had. That's it's just way bird. too much turkey. Yeah, <laughs> golly! My daughter come carrying it in. I, I thought she was going to bust a gut, told it. Me. I mean, that thing was incredibly heavy.
1: Yeah, near Dolly to haul that one in.
4: It took three days to thaw it out in the refrigerator. <laughs> I swear. That's, that's way too much turkey, but let me tell you how good that thing was. It was a fine, big turkey. And I cooked it for four hours, and it was way tender. Just a fine herb.
1: So you, what do you spatchcock it?
4: Yeah, Yeah, I call it sasquatch.
1: Sasquatching Mm -hmm. it?
4: (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Took a hatchet immediately. Hey, I can imagine
1: cutting a a twenty-five pound turkey in half and and then spreading it out. You talk about spread eagle, buddy. That's a that's a. Well, I had
4: to take the thighs off, the thighs and the legs, and put them in a smaller pan, really half size. (laughs) Oh, yeah. I couldn't get it in my big pan. I've got a pan that can darn near cook anything. And, uh, wow, man, I couldn't even believe that. I got to try and fit that in that pan, and I thought, wow, man. (laughs) And so I thought, well, I'll, I'll dismember him a little bit. I wound up having to cut the backbone out of that thing and butchered it. But it sure cooked up fine. Didn't make that beautiful presentation where you set the whole turkey on the table. Yeah, that's, and that's everybody that's admired. A it's moment. all dried yeah. out. Oh man, let me tell you though. I cooked that thing on a pit with it with aluminum foil seal all the way around it on top. And buddy, that was a juicy, fine turkey. You could eat the breast. You know, it wasn't all crumbly, dry just perfect. Well seasoned. Put a lot of tony sacherees on that. Yeah, you can't over
1: season a turkey, you know. When you know, I rub mine down with olive oil all over, you know, I dry it off real good with uh paper towels and just get all the moisture out of the skin, you know. And uh Yeah. Then I'll just start dumping olive oil on it and uh, rub it all over the outside and the inside. And then then I'll do my seasoning. And uh, I just, uh, whatever your favorite all-purpose seasoning is, you know, whether you like to use yep. it. I'm kind of partial to one season. I use it on steaks, chicken, pork, everything when I'm barbecuing. And my wife goes, boy, that's a lot. You used a half a jar of seasoning on that. I said, hey, we're gonna get some flavor in this bird right here, buddy. <laughs> and uh, and I didn't even wrap it. I just set it in a big giant foil pan. It was it was only a sixteen pound bird, and I set it on my big stainless pit and turned her loose. At I tried to keep it at three twenty five to three fifty, and uh, which is pretty easy to do with that pit. That stainless holds that heat so good. And uh, yeah, I I just walked away from it about every. <clears throat> 30 or 40 minutes, I'd walk out there and put another log in the firebox and uh, spray it down with uh, apple juice, you know, on a sprayer and just, you know, I, keep you that, can't uh, go fresh, wrong with that moist. And uh, plus, I put an apple inside, you know, with an onion, a couple of cloves of garlic, and hey, yep. Best one I've ever cooked. And I didn't cover it till the last, uh, about the last 45 minutes, I covered it with
4: foil and then yeah. took it
1: off. Turned out perfect. Yep. Probably never happen oh, yeah, it again.
4: Spraying it, spraying it with apple juice is a good plan. You can do that with brisket or a I like doing that one. on
1: my ribs, you know, when I'm doing baby bags or something.
4: Yeah. Oh, man. Just uh, put you, good. you
1: know, one of those spray bottles. You can buy them, you know, any store's got them. And I just pour a bottle of apple juice in there and cut her loose, Bubba. Spray her down. Keep her moist. Yeah.
4: I, I took that. I took that turkey at the last, right at the last when it was really, really tender. About yeah. thirty minutes before everybody came, I just went ahead and sliced it and took most of the bone out. And uh, you know, like I say, that's not not what you'd call a beautiful turkey presentation. But uh, you you bury that breast in that drippings. Oh yeah. Oh, good, great. Come on, man! Oh, yeah, <laughs> <out. laughs> yeah, everybody just gets them a big spoonful and goes at it. So I'm I had sure to have plenty meat. of
1: turkey left over. a Twenty-five pounder, man. That's oh
4: god! People were taking turkey home by turkey the platter. So... Yep. Yeah, turkey sandwiches. Obviously, I've still got. I've got a pretty good sized bowl in there left, but I had to have my dark meat in a separate bowl.
1: Yeah, that's what I do. Yeah, separate you know, the dark and the white. I just cut the cut the breast out and then cross cut them, you know, against the grain. It makes a real nice slice yeah. of the turkey, you know, for people that like the white meat. I'm a dark yeah. meat man myself.
4: Yeah, I kind of am too. But the way, I, the way I cook that breast, it's uh, it's going to be juicy. Yeah. People comment it all the time. Tender and like juicy. Like I say, you you don't you don't get that beautiful. Here's a big turkey presentation, golden brown, and all that. That that kind of goes away when you slice it up and put it back in the juice. But I yeah, had nobody that remembers yet. what
1: that turkey looks like as long as it's good eating. That's,
4: that's pretty much is. But yeah, you cover it for the last forty five minutes. That uh, I mean, I cooked this one totally covered, but you can you can put that. Aluminum fall on there for the last forty five minutes and it'll tenderize it, that that bird and it'll keep the moisture in there. That's a good way to do it, man. <laughs> oh yeah. I'm gonna remember that juice trick. That I uh, see talking about this stuff, we get ideas Well, you other. don't have
1: to sit there and baste it, you know, stick your deal down in no. the, your brush down in the drippings in the juice and keep wiping it down. Hey, you just you just coat it, just spray it, pump spray it on there, hey it's easy. and it, oh, uh, heck yes. <laughs> it adds a good flavor to it, you know, just a little bit of a sweetness, you know, because apple's not real sweet anyway, and it's just right. Man, all
4: right, you're going to spark me an idea now.
1: That I one turned I out bet. so good I may have to cook one for Christmas too. <laughs>
4: that would be okay. And that'll My probably be was a about all the of- <laughs> all the trouble she's trying to trying to get all these side dishes fixed and pies and this and that. And That's said, the job right she there, said, man. She said, "We'll do like we did that one year." I said, "What was that?" She said, "We made a a collar on a chicken and sausage gumbo, and that yeah. was it, and, and some pies." I said, well, oh, you you got to have pies, idea. man. Yeah, you got to have pies. I, Shoot, my blood sure is probably still upset. (laughs) But, you know, my wife makes a pecan pie that's blonde. Oh, that's the best pecan pie in the world. I couldn't get out of it. I I admit, I ate half the pie. A couple of different settings, though. (laughs) Then I had it for breakfast with some bitter coffee the next morning. Oh, shoot. My
1: wife made something different this year in a big, you know, pan, a rectangle pan. It was a, it was like a pumpkin uh, pie cake, some some kind of. She, she got this recipe watching somebody cook it in one of them cooking shows on the cooking channels, and with the whipped cream on top, with pecans sprinkled over there. I mean, that turned out so good. And I'm more fond of her chocolate pie. It's been a family recipe for 100 years in her family. But, uh, buddy, that was some serious stuff. Turned out really good.
4: Yeah, that's all good. good. <clears throat> yes, sir, all buddy. the
1: little things. Yeah. Yep. We're blessed. Yeah, we are. I'd say it.
4: We are. It are could seven.
1: be worse. We complain, but I'll tell you uh, what I haven't.
4: Uh, I haven't been able to hunt much this year. This, this has not
1: been my year for hunting. I noticed um, my right index finger was uh, itching coming into work this morning. It's. I'm uh, in the same boat right now. I'm ready to, ready to make a hunt, get something going here.
4: Yeah. Well, yeah, it's
1: cooled true. down, and it, this weather sparks it, you know, and I, and I think deer season is going to be a little later this year from the way I'm hearing from folks all over the state, you know, hunting all the different areas, yeah. all the people I know, and uh, it's just not these deer. You know, the young bucks are coming out. They're just, you know, they're stupid. They're hanging around, you know, eating with the does and everything else, but the, the more mature deer, they're just – they're sticking their head out of the woods for just a tiny bit and going back in. They're not staying staying out where you can look them over good and get a chance at one. Yeah. From what I'm hearing, you know. Now, Blaine did send me a picture this morning. Somebody sent him last night uh, in the Mui Grande contest, and <laughs> this is the widest deer I've ever seen. It's a, It's got two giant drop tines on it. It's still got a little velvet on the tips of them, and... It's got a crab claw on the end of the the right main beam. It's got a split G three. That it's got mm. three tips on it, and uh well, it, it scored two seventeen and two eighths gross, but it's thirty five and an eighth inches wide. Can you imagine <laughs> thirty five inches wide, man? Come on, man. Oh no,
4: how did he swing that
1: through the brush? No, I don't know. <laughs> that deer, he had to do some ducking, but. uh a guy named Todd Holloway shot it in Crosby, Texas. Well, that is an
4: amazing deer.
1: I'm zoomed in is on it that now. I was going get over it. And got some really, you know, split brow tines on it, too. Two, I mean, they're long. Those brows look eight or ten inches long. Heavy <laughs> mass. I mean, just, uh, just a freak. What a deer. Wow,
4: man. That's his, uh
1: really G3 on his right side has got three tips on it. It's split three ways, and the one on his uh, left side is the same way. It's just not as big, but it still counts as three points on that one G3. Pretty crazy. <laughs>
4: that is crazy. And drop tines on both sides.
1: Yeah, big drop tines, big mass on them too, heavy-looking ones. Wow. Man.
4: Pretty incredible deer. Now that. That would get me
1: excited. I'd probably get buck that, on that wow. one. Guarantee you there'd be a little shaking going on before I squeezed off on that one. <laughs> <laughs>
4: if I didn't get your heart right up, you might as well just play golf. That's hockey.
1: it. I could probably kill the average man yeah. with a decent heart. Give you a heart attack. Oh, What a deer. <laughs> yeah, that would, uh, that would definitely give me a,
4: a, a heart attack. Man. Yeah. yeah, I'd... Uh, than Ruben can imagine anything like that, but uh, I think the rut's over up there in Newton County. I, I, a lot of the guys were reporting right off early; they were running does, just you know, chasing.
1: So well, you'll you get know, a probably... you get a little secondary rut right here in, in a month or so. You know, where there's a few late hot does come in. Maybe that's when the big ones. Oh yeah.
4: Up. Yeah, that's uh, that's always true. You're going to always see some big, big bucks in December. I always I'll kill some of my better ones in late December. That, uh, you know, something that's I'm going to do always. this
1: year just to try it. I mean, if the rut's on good when I go down to hunt, I'm going to try, you know, if I get in a good stand where I'm seeing a lot of activity. I'm going to try just doing an all-day hunt, just take some snacks of the blind and some extra water, maybe a couple of DPs, yeah. and just sit it out. Because the last couple of years, some of the biggest bucks I've seen shot have been in right in the middle of the day when everybody's back at the house eating lunch and taking naps and getting ready for their evening hunt. And uh, yeah. some of the hardcore guys will just sit it out all day, and they end up you know, anywhere from 10 in the morning till 2 in the afternoon, kind of like, you know, when our fish bite goes away and you end up, you know, grinding around looking, you know, to get you a school going, and you end up catching a few straggler, big giant trout, you know how that works? Kind of like the same thing That's on the deer. That's how works. You know? Yeah, they,
4: well, they do move in the middle of the day if it's the right kind of situation.
1: You know, in Canada, when they you put know. you out over there, you're there from daylight till dark. You know when you make oh, those Alberta wow. hunts and stuff like that up there, it's an all-day deal, and I bet that's yeah. miserable as cold as it gets up there. Jeez. Oh God.
4: <laughs> I don't going to handle go back
1: that. and warm up for a little while. I mean, you're in it for ten hours. <laughs> I, I don't know if I can handle that. It gets but, cold uh, up there. You know, that, that, yeah, in the in the real, real cold, I'd have to have a
4: heater in there.
1: Yeah. Yeah, guys, I know that go hunt there. They, they've they got those uh, warming blankets, you know, that whole body blanket thing. They said, you know, they'll sit in their chair and wrap it around them. Oh, we lose him. He went away. Well, it's uh, just about time for a break anyway. Why don't I just go ahead and do a break, and uh, when we come back from the break, I'll put out his phone number and, uh, in case somebody wants to call Bill to go fishing. Well, I need to take a moment to tell everybody about the Belleville Meat Market. No better place to have all your wild game processing done or shop for the holidays than the Belleville Meat Market. Always check out their, you know, specials they run weekly on all their uh, pecan smoked sausage. You can try it before you buy it. They always have free samples available, and they have a full pecan smoked barbecue menu. They serve Monday through Sunday. And uh, you can get pulled pork, homemade hot dogs, chopped beef sandwiches, sliced beef, you name it. They serve it at the Belleville Meat Market. And they custom process on pigs and calves all year long. You can order a half-calf or a hind quarter and have it processed any way you like. And with their wild game processing, when you drop your deer off, you can try something new this year. Try their Vinnie Dogs and Hog Dogs. You can actually get homemade hot dogs using your own venison or wild pigs. That way you can bring something home from the hunt the whole family can enjoy all year long. The Bellevilles open Monday through Saturday, 7 a.m. to 7 p.m., Sundays, 8 a.m. to 7 p.m., and they're celebrating over 42 years serving the greater Houston community. That's the Belleville Meat Market, where meat is our middle name.
2: Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. Live from the Twin Peaks studios, Sports Radio 610 presents the Outdoor Show with Captain Mickey Eastman.
1: Good morning. Welcome back to the Sports Radio 610 Outdoor Show. All right, it's 438 here in the Bayou City. Kind of a cool, breezy morning across the bay out there. I noticed when I walked out the door this morning, it was east wind was cold coming across that bay this morning all right well let's go up to conroe where it's never windy it's always nice and blue sky sunshine talk to the fish dude richard tosh what's up man
5: not a lot sounds like you want to be a comedian this morning
1: no, <laughs> I got uh, all yeah. that out of my system on Thanksgiving.
5: <laughs> uh, here Two you, I here you, here you. <laughs> That's right, there ain't no doubt. I tell you what, that wind ain't blowing here as much as what I thought it was going to be blowing up here this morning. It's supposed to kick it in high gear, and it had not done it. So, it's, right, yeah, it's actually, actually, probably less than five miles an hour up here right now. But it's it's subject to change at any time. You know that. You can't right. can't count on any one condition for long. But, no, it's uh, it's, it's cool up here, though. I'm looking at 38 in the truck right now. So
1: it's, Dang, it is cool it's a little, up there.
5: Wow. I guarantee you, it. it is. You know, that, that northeast wind kind of blew all day yesterday. You know, not real strong, but it was probably a good, good you know, five to ten throughout the day. And then mm-hmm. it just kind of rein, reinforced this cold that was here. But, man, them, them hybrids and stuff are still doing good. I mean, we're going – we tried some crappie yesterday, but them rascals, you get them to thump on it, but we're jig fishing for them. I didn't didn't figure it was worth time to try to get any minnows or anything, but but that jig fishing, they'd go to thumping on them, but you couldn't get them hooked. And uh, finally I said, foot on it, let's go jump on some catfish. And them, them dang old catfish did pretty good too. So, and, you know, the hybrids are, they're, they're kind of, it's not wide open yet. I don't know what's going on. It's one at a time, but it's, you know, you'd like one every five minutes, and then every once in a while, you'll get a double. But I've not had, you know, I've not had a quad or anything like that going yet, which is not, you know, it's normal. to get four or five of them going at the same time. So, you know, it's fun when they go to doing that, but it don't matter. I mean, I'm still limited out. I'm still catching some, So, like yesterday, we started off with a 17-incher, then went to a 17-and-a-half, then went to a 17-and-three-quarter. Then we, then we started catching keepers. Uh, it is weird. It just, and then had had a few of them 17 and a halves in, in the mix, but that's how it started, you know. It was, it was funny as that, because I go, dang, that don't even look big enough. Put him on the board, 17 inches, and it, or 17 and a half. And then the next 17 and a half, 17 and three quarters, like, good night, where are all these little rascals coming from. But that's okay. I love seeing them because that means the, the population is pretty healthy. Yeah, a uh,
1: half inch away from being keepers.
5: Exactly, and then then we start getting into the keepers. You know, they're they're 19 to 22 inches long, and and uh, that's that's the ones I like to see. Those those bigger ones, you know. But everybody likes to see those rascals. There ain't no doubt about it. But then, you know, ju- you know, jumped on them because I only had one fellow with me yesterday. We got out there. I mean, I kind of grew up with that guy anyway. We went to school together, hunted together, fished together, all kinds of stuff all our life. It just Kind of on and off, and kind of fell out after everybody got out of school and everything. Kind of, kind of got married. And everything kind of split up, and nobody saw each other anymore. So we just kind of had us a little reunion yesterday. And he, he's used to saltwater fishing. I, I told him, well, saltwater's easy. I mean, you can catch anything anytime you go. You love to catch a hardhead. You love to catch a gafftop, but or even a sheep's head. But for the most part, you're gonna catch something when you go to the coast. That's that's the thing about down there. Y'all got so many fish and some big a variety of fish, it's hard not to catch something down there. Well, I, mean, almost I, I can try show it.
1: you some days where I don't. It, it happens. <laughs> I,
5: well, I believe it. Trust it's me. A I believe it.
1: City. you go, how can you have this many fish and not be able to catch anything? You know, you'll catch a few, know. but I mean, you should be just loading the boat.
5: Exactly. I mean, that's that's like yesterday. You know, we were looking at looking at that ranch unit as we're going across there and and I'm showing him the bait and everything. And, and, I, you know, this time of year, the, you know, the water temperature yesterday, I think it was 62, 60 to 62. Some places I'd get into like 58. But as the sun got mm-hmm. up and everything, it, it warmed on up. But, but, uh, you know, this time of year is that water temperature starts to cool down. And it's not, you know, it's not all the way to the bottom yet, the, the cooler water. It's, it's still trying to come up. Because you can see that right. steam coming off the water in the mornings and everything. So it's still you know, a little bit warm out on the main lake, but it's coming down. And as it comes down, those bait balls just get bigger and bigger and bigger. And then you got to start looking in the bait balls for the fish. And that's mm-hmm. that's one of the hardest things to determine because you can be around a million bait. But if there ain't no fish in it, there's there's no sense in fishing it. So, you know, that's kind of what I look for. And we covered about a half mile before we even dropped the first line in the water, you know, just looking at bait to see if if there was any numbers of fish in it, you know, and you'd run across some bait that have two or three fish in it. And then, then, uh, others wouldn't have nothing, you know? And then all of a sudden I said, well, you know, they've been over here in this area. So we're, we're just going to go over here and check them out, pull in there and you see five or six fish mixed in the bait and they're shooting through it, eating it and stuff like that. So, that's where you want to start when you see the fish actually eating the bait. So, and that's a lot of that has to do with your ability to read your depth finder. Also, you for know, sure. I get a lot of people. Yeah, I mean, I get a lot of people that, that don't know how to read their depth finder, and I, you know, that's what I do. I get them out there and show them. This is what you're looking for. You know, and that's it that helps you out in the end because you know, I mean, I'm I'm a fishing guy and I make my living doing it. But you know, I want to see you succeed on your own if you you know if you've got the means to do so. And that's, you know, that's, to me, that's the best part of what I do is being able to teach someone how to, how to use what they have, you know, Mm. and, and train them on, on, on catching fish. You know, this is, this is how these bites happen. And this is what you do to, to catch certain fish and things like that. Now, with that said, there's some people that just, they never get it. They never pick it up, you know, and I've, I've taken them over the years. You've taken them over the years, and I think every guy out there is taking taking people that that they just cannot get the hang of it. So, and I, and I use an example, There's yeah, this one fellow it's been years and years ago. It's probably been close to 20 years ago. We're out catfishing, and you know it seems simple. It really seems easy, but I caught 75 fish before he caught the first one. And it's like, you know, he just, it could not get it. And I told him, he said, we ain't going nowhere till you catch one. It just ain't going to happen. So we sat there and just sat there, and finally he caught one. But it's, you know, I go through the same steps I do with everybody. I'll sit down and tell them, okay, this is how we're going to do it. This is what the bite's going to be. This is how it's going to feel. And if you'll do these things, like on catfish, for example, you know, I'm using the stink bait and all that. So you put the bait on the hook, drop it down there to the bottom, when you get it to the bottom, just let it sit flat on the bottom. You'll know, drop your rod tip a little bit so you can see that you got slack in your line. Raise it till it gets tight. Once it gets tight, if you once you start feeling something, you just want to gently raise that up. You don't want to jerk on it. You want to gently raise it up because when you're using that stink bait, it's unlike any other bait. You know, like a shad, they'll bump it, they'll hit it real hard,
2: right. you know, and
5: they'll try to take off with it. But with a stink bait you are going to gently raise that rod up, and as you raise that rod, you're using everything you've got. You're using feel to see if you can feel any resistance, and you're looking at your rod tip. If your rod tip starts to bend down slightly, jerk. I mean, don't even hesitate. Just jerk. But if it doesn't do either one of those things, if you don't feel it, if you don't see it, drop it back to the bottom. And then when you feel them bumping it again, gently raise it up. And a lot of times what I do is I tell people, this is kind of how I feel those fish are doing down there. And it yeah. may be right, it may not be. But with those catfish, they got those whiskers. As they come along there and they find that bait, they're trying to line it up for their mouth. So you're feeling them tap it with their whiskers. And as they tap it, that's what you're feeling. And then you'll, as you gently raise it up, if you see that rod tip load up, or you can feel that resistance, he's got it in his mouth because they just open their mouth and suck it in. It's not, you know, it's like they're not like they're going to suck it in and try to run off with it. They're just trying to get it off that hook. So as you raise that rascal up and you and you feel that resistance, boy, you can jerk their head off and, and get them on up there. And that's, you know, that's the biggest thing right there. And that's, that's the part where people have a hard time getting. Don't set the hook on the bite. You want to set the hook on the resistance, you know. Yeah. And that's... You know, it's it's kind of like using circle hooks. You know, you set the hook, you're going to let them go, you know. And that's uh, that's kind of why I changed over from a circle hook to a bait hook on those hybrids.
1: That's, why, that's why I like using a regular hook instead of a circle hook. That's my favorite part of fishing, setting a hook on it, you know.
5: Oh, I hear you. Crossing hear you. I, crossing I love it, it, Crossing the them
1: eyeballs, on. baby. That's what yeah, I that's like.
5: That's right. That's right. Yeah, bring up them out fish. There ain't no doubt. I love it myself. <laughs> it's a... I mean, it's just, it's a hoot doing it, you know, and then, like with the hybrids, I've had so many people over the years, because I I love using the circle hook because it catches them, you know, and that's, I mean, if you let the hook do its job, it'll catch them, but when they jump on that rod and just rear back and bow up on them, you let them go every time. And it's like, okay, this is a circle hook. You have to do these things. So finally, I just, I've been using them for probably a good 15 years. And then finally, I just said this past year, just gave up on it and said, foot on it. We're gonna, we're gonna go to a regular old bait hook. Now, when I'm using a bait hook on those hybrids, I'm using a little bitty one off. I'm not using, I'm not using a big, big hook. I'm using a little bitty thing because when I'm hooking those shad, I'm nose hooking them. So as I nose hook, those shad, they don't have a big nostril hole. You'll bust right through it with a big hook. Sure. So you need you, you need you a good little small wire bait hook to put on there, and then I guarantee you. And plus, I'm real, I'm real particular about using that bait. If I'm using live bait, I want to make sure it it's swimming as naturally as possible without right. any resistance. The same way you do with an artificial. You don't want to put a, you don't want to put a. a like a, a shadow sassin on all bent up and, and stuff where it twists coming through the water. You wanna make it as straight as possible on on your hook. So it's more of a natural presentation and you can make the gotcha. action its do it do its thing. So, you know, that's, that's some of the things about you know, it's artificial guys, same way that as a lot of live bait guys. You know, yeah. you're gonna put it on there so you got such a natural presentation that the you're fooling the fish. They have no clue what they're hitting. They just know it's something that looks good. They're going to eat it, and they're hungry.
1: I'm with you. All uh, right, Richard. Well, I got to roll, man. Throw out some info. Somebody wants to get with you and come up and catch some hybrids, catfish, black bass, crappie, whatever, man. How they get hold of you. All right.
5: All right, Mickey, anyone get in touch with me at 936 661 7920. You can find me on Facebook. Just check out the Fish2's guide service. You can email me at admin at fish2tx.com or just check out the webpage fish2tx.com. All
1: right, buddy. Richard, have a good one. Good talking to you, man. Yes, Thanks sir. for the info. All yeah, right, I'll see you, man. Later. Bye, bye. All right, now let's go down to Matagorda. Let's check in with Captain Charlie Paradosky. Charlie P., what's up, my
3: friend? Morning. Hey, What's going on?
1: Oh, not a lot.
3: Just rolling with the flow, man. Yeah, I know what you mean. Nothing new down here, Mickey. Well,
1: you've been catching some fish.
3: Yeah, well, yesterday was a little bit slower. uh, That wind came up. East Bay was pretty messed up. You know, Thursday, I, I didn't know. I didn't fish. I don't know anybody that fished Thursday, but it was dead calm down here all day long. So, Mhm. I had to go out there and look at it first. And it was a waste of time. But
1: yeah, I thought about you and, and Tommy yesterday. When I talked to him, it wasn't that hard out of the Northeast, but it kept climbing. I'm going, oh man, that's not good for East Bay. Yeah. yeah you know, unless the fish are really stacked down on that, you know, East End down there. That's. But if well, I, might, you know, I've done it tough, some.
3: Yeah, I've done it so many times in the past when you went and it happened, and uh, I I had to go look at it, you know, because yeah. uh, what it does, it, it puts everybody in the river. I mean, there's a lot of boat traffic. I heard the
1: man. river was super crowded. <laughs>
3: oh, my God. Oh. My, you know, I'm sure it's going to be like that again today. I've got to yeah. do it again today, but... Uh, you know, some people caught them, and the the ones that did the best got them early before that boat traffic got bad. Right. But but uh, there's some good fish in the river. But you know, I'm just not seeing those big, old, fat, chunky fish like y'all are saying you got. Gouts. Well, I, I don't know butter
1: balls over here. These fish are just bad yeah.
3: They were like that last year, but they're not like that this year.
1: Huh?
3: I don't understand it. You know, uh, them shrimp still have not fallen out of the marsh over here hardly at all. We've had so many, so much high tides the whole doggone year. I I think they're still back there.
1: Boy, how about after that blow uh, Tuesday and then that water came right back because that wind went straight northeast and east and it just pushed it right back in.
3: Oh, yeah. I fished both days. I caught them good Monday before that front, and uh, and and pretty good the day after too. Yeah, you caught them Wednesday too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, I don't know. It's up and down. It's with the weather and stuff, and and the crowds and right. But we still got a few fish to catch around here. Yeah, hell yeah. Yeah, it does. It does. But it still ain't nothing like it was before that freeze.
1: Well, no, that's uh, that's that's to be understood.
3: That's
1: why you we're. Well, we had fish everywhere and taking all these, yeah. uh, you know, measures and all this, you know, conservation right now. Get her back, get it back to where it was, and then wait on the next freeze.
3: <laughs> well, you know, someday it's going to be just like it was. Well. All those restrictions. Yeah. And, you know, can't keep this. One limit on, well, they had a limit on trout too or something like that. Who's that? When we were in Florida fishing the tournament, Oh, uh, yeah,
1: and zero snook, two trout. I mean, one redfish. It was weird. Yeah. Yeah. And then that was tough in the tournament because you couldn't cull. Remember, they had that cull thing. Or if it went your live well, you—if you turned around and caught one two pounds bigger, you were just—you were done. You couldn't put another one in yeah. there. And throw that one back.
3: Yeah. Well, they—you know—I'm sure someday it's gonna be like that right here. I mean, yeah, it's just uh,
1: Florida just pulls the trigger quicker, you know, on uh, on closures and everything after you know Mother Nature disasters like that. What they do, yeah. they have to. Because, I mean, they depend on it without that uh, resource. They have no tourism. I mean, look at all the people that go to Florida just to go fishing.
3: It's yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And you look uh, at all those, uh, all the houses on the water we have two boats, three boats behind them. Yeah. Lots of traffic over there.
1: Yes. A lot of boats in Florida. It's unbelievable. Yeah, buddy. All right, Charlie P., if somebody wants to come down to Matagorda and fish with you, give them a a number so they can call you and get hooked up.
3: Call me on my cell phone, 713-725-2401. All right, Charlie.
1: Always good talking to you, buddy. You have a good weekend. Take care, Mickey. See you, man. Thanks. All right. All right, that's Captain Charlie Paradosky in Matagorda. All right, it's time for our top of the hour break. You're listening to the Outdoor Show here at Sports Radio 610. We'll be right back.